0: Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and World of Warcraft, sometimes other games, eventually, not today. Today, actually, we're going to talk about you guys, but we'll get to that in a second. I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore-focused writers from Blizzard Watch, and I've got both of my wonderful co-hosts with me today. First up, we've got our other lore-focused writer at Blizzard Watch, and that would be Matthew Rossi. Hey, Rossi. Hello, everybody. And then, of course, we've got our second co-host. He's a shaman columnist, but he's also really proficient with the lore as well. It would be Joe Perez. Say hi, Joe.
1: Well, hello, everybody. I've been affectionately referred to as the other guy most recently. The other guy. In reviews of our podcast. So other guys here reporting for duty.
2: (laughs) We will let you talk more. (laughs) What they they don't realize is that Joe actually is a, you know, ails back to the beginning of the game where you actually had proficiencies and he, he had lore as one of them.
1: That, yeah. is, that is very true, which is, you know, I had a dream last night, and then I'll let us go out with the rest of the show, where the three of us were a set of NPCs in the middle of like a neutral city in Legion just arguing about Titans. <laughs> like, it was the weirdest thing ever. See, that's if interesting.
0: stuck us anywhere, it would have to be in a library cataloging things or arguing while we catalog things. I don't know. So, You'd be cataloging
2: um, things. I would be pulling things down from the shelf to show people. You'd be like, I just fixed that shelf. I just (laughs) fixed it. it But no, the book was right here. See, I I had to
0: show them. So this week we're going to take a break from the Chronicle talk, sort of, but not really, because we're going to actually take a look at questions from you guys. We've been asking people for questions since we started the show, and I don't think we've really answered any, like, in any major detail, and I feel kind of bad about that, because we've got quite
2: the backlog here yeah, I think we did one. I, I seem to recall us answering one question. One or two, yes. and that's about it. And since we ask for your
0: questions at the end of every
2: show, we figured
0: maybe it's about time we actually start answering them. So we're going to go ahead and talk about some of them today. Obviously, um, a lot of these questions, they involve Chronicle and Chronicle-related content. So if you are still avoiding Chronicle spoilers, although the book's been out for a month now, if you haven't gotten it by now, go get it. What are you waiting for? Um we're going to be talking about Chronicle stuff, just as fair warning. So this one says, Hi, Lore Watchers, Honey Bunny from Whisperwind here, Patreon backer, first-time emailer, and just picked up a copy of Chronicle, which is good. And they ask, What is the current state of the Old Gods? I'm assuming we, the heroes of Azeroth, didn't manage to actually kill C'Thun or yogg Saron, Did we just wound them and send them further back into the Earth? There's a two-part question here,
2: so we're just going to address that first part. Yeah, you pretty much nailed it. We just wounded them, if, if even that. Uh, you get the definite sense from stuff that's been going on in the game. Like, if you remember Bastion of Twilight, mm-hmm. C'Thun was pretty happily giving Shogal his marching orders, even though we dealt with Cthulhu three expansions ago. Cthulhu was like, yeah, I don't care.
1: Well, especially that, too, because if you look at it, the, the things that we've dealt with, the they're proverbial tips of the iceberg in the Chronicle itself. It tells you how deep that the old gods have actually burrowed into Azeroth. We don't know how big they are. We don't know how far down they are. We basically just took out like essentially like a pimple on the, the surface, so to speak with any old God that we fought so far. Yeah. Um, we know
2: f- just from Chronicle, since we were talking about that, uh, Yashraj was so big that trying to, that pulling him out of Azeroth made a wound so deep that the world soul bled. Like, the planet bled from that, just just from taking out Yishraj. Um Granted, Yasharaj was the most powerful of them, but I can also never pronounce his name if it's Yasharaj or Yesaraj, I don't know.
0: Yashiraj I think is how it was pronounced.
2: The few it, times I've heard people try and pronounce it, that's usually what it seems to be. But at any rate, you know. So we're talking massive entities that that range across an entire continent. Like y- we know that yog sarons tentacles. Th- there, there are tentacles coming up in Howling Fjord. There are tentacles coming up in the Storm Peaks, and there's there's tentacles coming up in Ice Crown, like Ice Crown Glacier, like any place there's a Sarenite mine anywhere. Uh, the blood of yog saron is coming up, which means that he's there.
0: And when the Titans kind of um extracted Yashiraj for want of a better word and that makes for some really gross mental images but anyway (laughs) when they pulled him out of the ground it created a wound that went to the very center of the world that's how how deep these things have burrowed so it's like we cut off the end of their finger or something you know Um, to me it feels like I mean even when the Titans originally came to Azeroth the first time around the old gods had already settled in pretty extensively and now they've had how many th- thousands of years to to get even more deeply within the center of the earth it's like Azeroth is a jawbreaker with tentacles in the middle
1: well and, and then like even then there's also that I think it was the yog saron fight where he even says the line like I have always been and always will be yeah like they're 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 here to stay they're they're at least right now
2: Okay, so the second uh, part of oh, no, 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 you can't keep reading just yet. I have to address that jawbreaker comment. It's <laughs> the worst th- image I've had in quite some time, and <laughs> <It's like laughs> now I'm not going to be eating a, a jawbreaker anytime soon because sugar. But if I was going to, I certainly am not going to now. <laughs> What's the center of this Tootsie Roll? I don't care. Throws it in the garbage. <laughs> How many licks does it take to get to the center of this Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop? Well, it doesn't
0: take licks. It takes a forty-man raid. Um So moving
1: on. I want that on a (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt.
0: That's a really long phrase for a T-shirt. Moving on. Honey Bunny has a second question here. And the second question is, how also was Nazoth mentioned previously in World of Warcraft? If so, where has the lore in-game been about this old god?
2: Well, it got mentioned the first time that I recall in Cataclysm. Uh, before
1: that. Sorry, go ahead.
2: I, I don't remember him ever being mentioned by name before that.
1: The only time he was ever mentioned by name prior to Cataclysm was Chris Messon on stage at a BlizzCon. That was it,
2: and that was still that was the Cataclysm BlizzCon, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Like they were talking about who Death Deathwing's paymasters were, mm-hmm. and um, in terms of the lore, um, the, the the puzzle box of Yogg Saron has a little about him. Uh, there's a little bit more about him at the end of the the Siege of Orgrimmar raid when when you're in the heart of Yashraj. Uh, because it it kind of whispers things to you if you have the axe. Um, the one that he dropped, the ones that drops off Garage, uh, the corrupt, the, the, it's basically a corrupted Gorhal, gore but I don't remember, like, desecrated image of Gorhal. Zalaroth, the just desecrated image of Gorhal. That, that whispers to you, and it whispers a few things that are probably about Nazoth, but they don't mention him by name.
0: Do they still, does that one still drop? Oh, yeah, it still drops. You can still get it. You can still get the crazy whisper axe. Absolutely. Is it a one
1: handed or a two hander? Two hander, you have to be able to equip two handers. Uh, you yeah. know, Shaman can still wield two-handers. Yeah. So. Well, okay. Maybe
0: I'll if have you, to go back wanna... and get that.
2: I just I just want a talking axe. That sounds like fun. <laughs> I remember when I was using it, I was like, this is, this, this is in no way, shape, or form going to backfire in any way that I'm, I'm dual-wielding these like whispering axes. Everything's
0: fine. Yeah. Like Joe said, the first time that it was actually mentioned was Metzen on stage at BluesCon. He said, N'Zoth... He said the name in Azoth, and he said, that's the one that's also responsible for the Emerald Nightmare. And everybody went, ooh, and then nothing came of that, really. Um, Cataclysm, I don't think they ever really mentioned him by name in Cataclysm until you got to Dragon Soul, and then the two uh, the two lieutenant dudes that you have to fight when you go into the maws, the various oh, maws yeah. and go underground.
1: Sk- Skittles and Bouncing Ball. Yeah.
0: Skittles and Bouncing Ball, yeah. When you, when you talk to them, or, well... During the encounter, anyway, they start yelling things, and Nazoth is in that mash of nonsense words that they yelled, the old god language, so you could see it there, but that's, we haven't really, like, spoken to that particular old god directly, or dealt with it directly, there's been murmurs that we will be seeing him in Legion, and, and hearing more about him in Legion, because, you know, we're dealing with the Emerald Nightmare, so... Presumably, we would also be dealing with N'zoth. Um
1: Plus, I we're going to be dealing with uh, Xavius again, who, you know, he Nazoth is supposedly his paymaster as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is why I said he'll probably come into play more, but I don't know if he's going to come into play on the same level as, say, C'Thun or Yogg-Saron did. He might, I mean, he might be a boss in the Emerald Nightmare Raid. Have we seen anything about the Emerald Nightmare Raid other than...
2: Few of the bosses have been late. I know that we you know, like, um, I know at
1: least there's one dragon in there. The old school
0: uh, dragon's a nightmare. One of them is in there.
1: There's one yeah. tentacle ice stalk monster thing. Like, I know that much.
0: Okay, I'm just wondering if Nizoth comes in at the end. I really hope they don't make that like a mythic only boss or something like that because that would just infuriate me. <laughs> but yeah, we haven't really seen a lot of lore in game about that particular old god. The only reason we know his name is because Metzen spoke it. Um, And I think had Metzen not spoken that name, we probably would not even have noticed it in the mishmash of other garbled stuff that was said at the end of Cataclysm. Or we might not have picked it out and said, oh, that's an old god name. It, it was just, oh, this is one word among many.
1: <laughs> like, oh, this is just gibberish. I'm going to ignore it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I like picking it apart anyway. I can't understand it, but it's fun to look at. Okay. So um, next question. Next question says, hello, Lore Watchers. I've just finished listening to the newest episode, and some questions came to my mind concerning Void Gods, Lords, and Walkers. I started thinking about the naming of various monsters within World of Warcraft, and were we lied to? There's a few creatures that are known as Void Gods within WoW, such as Entropius. I don't know if this name is pronounced. er, Entropius, I would say. Entropius, no, but the next one is Decimatus, and I don't recall that name I'm not sure. Anyway, or Soraka. All of them have the description of a void god, which is supposed to be higher than void lords. But if void gods are so powerful that they can throw old gods on various planets, how can they exist, quote-unquote, in Outland and Draenor? Unless we were just lied to, and these were not real void gods, but something lesser, like void lords called with the wrong name in game. Thanks for reading, and great podcasts you provide. Regards, I'm his son, Luke.
1: Uh, Decimatus, by the way, is the Ashagon, uh, yeah.
2: fight. Is yeah. that I'm looking the, at oh, right yeah. now. yeah,
0: okay. All right. See, so, those,
2: are, those things are, those things are called Void Lords, but they're essentially corrupted Naru. The the Void Gods or Void Lords. It's not the same thing as the Void Lords. Theoretically, um, it's not the same thing anyway. Because the void, the void Lords that we know about, that we, that's just a name for them. That's, we've never seen one of them. We don't know anything about them other than that they exist and they apparently chuck old gods at things. So are those the same things? I doubt it. And
0: in the case of Entrapus, that was actually a, a a Naru who had gone so far into the darkened state that they had turned into a void being. Yeah, so,
2: so is so is Decimatus so for that matter? Yeah. That's the exact same thing. So there is kind of some confusion there, but I don't think it's a question of being lied to so much
1: as it's just we don't know the whole story yet. Though I wonder if, like maybe the naru is in that darkened state when they've been completely drained of the light if that's like the void Lords sort of inserting will because we already know they have eyes on azeroth they have eyes on us they know yeah. what's here so i mean i'm wondering if that's if that's maybe the link and that's why we're calling it that or at least you know i'm, I'm grasping at straws here i i, I admit that
0: but I still i'm wondering think that the void gods are basically they're all darkened naru I, I like to think anyway. I, I think that there's some kind of connection there that wasn't explored in Chronicle and it still exists. And this is because mostly I'm a conspiracy theorist. So <laughs> that's where that comes from. It's like every every void thing that we've seen so far has been the result of a darkened naru, either that or we didn't have any origin for it, but it's not too far out of line to suggest maybe that's a dark Naru from somewhere way back. And we just don't know what their original form was. So yeah, I find so, myself
2: wondering, here's the thing that I've always wondered since we, we had that Chronicle came out and it did the little cosmology thing. Um, light and shadow are opposites, but they're not reflections. Correct. Like light is basically the presence of something. Shadow is the absence of something. And void is the ultimate negation. Void can't exist. And that's like the real problem. The reason they can't exist in our universe is because they can't exist. Void is nothingness, pure nothingness. So I've always wondered if the void gods, void lords, whatever, if that is the Naru essentially burning through our reality, for lack of a better word, and creating the negative space where it was but isn't now. And that's what void lords are. The Naru exist, therefore, the void lords have to not exist if that makes sense there there has to be an opposite state and it's kind of like a quantum entanglement where you can't know you can't know a particle's position and speed at the same time you can only know one or the other with, with the naru you can't if it, either it is or it isn't if it is then it's a naru if it isn't then it's a void lord does this make any sense to anybody
1: no i get what you're saying like it's 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 one of those weird It's almost like Schrodinger's, uh, it it,
2: it flips its quantum, it it basically, for lack of a word, it flips its quantum state from positive to negative, from being of light to being of shadow, from I am here to I am not here. And the point in the cosmos when light first existed, there's a thing in the Sephiroth where it's like, you know, verily at the first chaos came to be, sorry, that's not the Sephiroth, that's the theogony, but the basic concept is the same. Verily at the first chaos came to be void would have existed first. Nothingness was there before light because nothing is the first state of anything before things exist they don't exist so whatever switched the light on in that moment the void lords were created and the naru existed because the void lords existed because something had to cast the shadow in the first place that's what always gets me about the the naru is like you know what what's the first you know which came first the shadow or the light which came first the naru what was or the,
0: the impetus for their creation to begin yeah. with
2: in 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 a lot of a lot of questions, like I mentioned Kabbalah, because in Kabbalah there's that whole idea of the, the limitless light. If the very first thing in creation is the Ein 4, the limitless light, the thing that is. Since it is all light everywhere, there's no shadows, because it all everything is light. And if everything is light and there's no shadows, there's no anything. There's nothing but light, which means nothing exists. Things can't exist if everything is the same. In order for things to exist, you have to have variation between them. In order for me to that's exist, where that to,
0: whole balance yeah.
2: thing comes from, really. Exactly. Yeah, you have to have separation. I know I'm rambling here, but but this is the kind of stuff that goes through my head every time I think about Denaro. It's like if they're just beings of pure light, that they have to have a shadow state because without a shadow state, they don't. They're not discrete. They're not beings. They're not things anymore. They're just light. That's what really fascinates me about the Void Lords and like the possibilities that they. They bring to I wow. really
0: want to know where they came from. Because, I mean, I had like, I had theories kicking around about the Naru and where they originated from. And one of them that I kind of liked, just for the sense of it sounded nice, was that they were Titan paladins who had mastered the light to a point that they'd transcended corporeal form and just become it. And I thought that that was kind of cool. Um, but Titans don't really have... Paladins, per se, and the only reason why I thought that might even be the case is because we we had this whole thing about tear and, and paladins how how paladins on Azeroth learned about the light and that kind of thing. And I'm like, well, was it was it the Naru? and if it was the Naru, well then you know th- there's some kind of link there that we aren't seeing, so maybe that's the link. But that's not the case, or at least I don't think it's the case because The Chronicle made it pretty clear that the Titans are really endangered. Like there's very few of them out there at the point that they're wandering around looking at different worlds and things like that. So
1: Yeah, there's also where did um, they
0: come from? You know, there, where did the Naru come from?
1: There's also more questions generated from that, um, and I won't go too far into it, but I just recently finished reading uh Illidan. Right, and
0: I haven't finished that yet, so we're not going to talk spoilers about We're not going to talk, talk
1: spoilers <laughs> about it. But it raises a whole lot of interesting questions, specifically about the Naru, because they're not they're not tied to Azeroth And there's a whole bunch of things that occur uh, that make me question that you know if this is all just one giant life cycle to begin with, and this is just the natural state of the universe.
0: And oh. I guess we'll have to. I don't know if that actually answers your question. But
1: pretty much it doesn't at all.
0: It doesn't at all.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> TLDR, we have no clue what we really want to know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but we'll talk about it for a while anyway. So uh, next question is from Brendan, Texas, U.S. level 36 human. I love. Congrats that. on your ding! <laughs> Congrats on the ding! Who says hello, watchers? So I'm reading through the Warcraft Chronicle, and it came to me that Lei Shen was kind of like a Hitler of ancient Azeroth. He united people, built great constructs and monuments, conquered lands and people, and was a savage, brutal monster of a dictator. Any thoughts on comparing other Warcraft characters or leaders to real world counterparts? Thanks, and love the podcast and website, Brendan.
2: See, I think you're off on Lei Shen. Not that I think Li Shen was a good guy, but I think you don't need to go to European history for a parallel to him. Um one guy who comes up right off the top of my head is Genghis Khan. Yeah. Uh especially as the as the, the way the Mongols conquered China is very similar to Li Shen where he united his people, uh rode down over everybody and, you know, basically the only reason he didn't obliterate ancient China was that there was so much money in just ruling it. Um that there there was too much profit to be had in running it as an empire rather than just de- demolishing it. You, you go, go read about some of the stuff Genghis Khan did. Woo. This, was, this was not a guy you wanted to fight because he didn't fight. He uh, annihilated it. If, if he decided he was going to conquer you and you didn't just submit, then you were in for a world of hurt. So yeah, you don't have to reach that far. But there's a lot of... Obviously Warcraft is created by people like, you know, the, the World of Warcraft game is made by real humans, I swear to <laughs> really? God. Really? Yeah. Chris Chris Manson has not just got a big like glowing book in his house. He goes I thought, thought house he was a disembodied presence mice. that just lived in the know. basement. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not from but for right now. For right now we're gonna go with the concept that they that they're making this stuff up. And as a result, anything Anytime anybody creates art of any kind, they draw upon things they know and things they've seen and experienced and read about and understand about the world. It's just part of the artistic process. So, yeah, you're going to like – the the orcs in Warcraft feel very much like like hundreds – like of the Huns conquering Fords or the Scythians or the Mongols or what have you. The the fact that they ride around on, on animals and wage war in that mobile style, that's straight out of human history.
0: I have a question. So, hmm? um okay so back when erathor went around and actually made everybody into one kingdom who would you compare him to
2: uh that's pretty solidly arthurian you think
1: oh yeah oh yeah it's,
2: yeah it's pretty solidly out of if it's either arthurian or it goes back to like you know viking stuff like uh you know the the song of Siegfried and so forth
0: which the idea would become- also work too because they're kind of Viral descendants and that's all viking
2: myth the idea of a of a hero coming along and uniting people together. I mean, that's if you read like the the older like the, the Historia Regnum Britanniae uh, goes into a great deal detail about how um, Arthur's father and uncle had to like basically conquer everybody just to unify them against the other people that were coming in. And there's there's a lot of that. Anytime you have like a, a hero king figure, Arthur, it's a good chance it's probably Arthurian. If it's not, there's lots of other ones throughout human history to, to draw from. Like I just mentioned, the, the Ring Cycle and Siegfried. There's others. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely say that Lothar. The, the, the Lothar. <laughs> not Lothar. Uh, Thoradin was, is definitely an Arthurian figure. Joe, anything that sticks out to you?
1: I mean, I could go all day long with probably all of them and make correlations. I mean, but it really, for me, it boils down to the same thing that Rossi's already said, is at the end of the day, any art or anything that's created by humans is going to be influenced by what we grew up with. And let's face it, this is a game built by nerds. Nerds tend to read fantasy and tend to read history and are influenced by that. That's just who we are. And so you're going to be able to draw parallels to from any of the leaders to pretty much anywhere else um in real life which is good it's cool I'm
0: i'm betting that if you ask the devs about any given expansion they probably had a period of history they were looking at or really into at the time that they were
2: writing it oh you know like i remember when wrath came out and i know we were talking about this at some point we talked about this the idea of you know Wrath has elements that feel like straight up Norse myth, and then it has elements that feel like Jack Kirby comic books. Aldum, mm-hmm. um, not Aldum, Alduar. Alduar feels very much like like Kirby, and then Simonson's runs on Thor.
1: Well, there's Kirby dots yeah. everywhere. Of course, yeah. it's, it feels like a Kirby yeah. comic.
2: But yeah, it's very – like the, the the fact that the, the uh, Titan watchers are very mechanical figures is, is straight out of Kirby. The fact that you have so much Norse myth just everywhere all over the Storm Peaks, that's out that of Simonson. I don't think it's – a it's not a coincidence that Walt Simonson wrote the World of Warcraft comic book, nor is it a coincidence that it didn't really work um, because I honestly feel like Simonson is at his best when he can really – interpret and stretch whereas he didn't have that freedom for the world of warcraft comic book unfortunately because it's a licensed property uh well and and, i think that they brought him in there because they really liked his work yeah exactly but there's there's a lot of it like i mean i really one of the things i've always thought about when when we played burning crusade some of some expansions are like refrains rather than some stuff is them taking things and, and doing new things some of them is them taking their own stuff And playing a refrain with it, and Burning Crusade has always felt to me like them taking the stuff that they've done before and playing a refrain. It was like you know, remember Illidan? Remember this? Remember you know, remember that? And and then it was like, okay, and here's this new stuff. Um, I'll always remember. There's various zones that do this. Uh, I think you've mentioned Hellfire before, so I'm not going to step on Hellfire. But when you go to you you go up to Netherstorm for the first time, and you just you ride back then you when you didn't have a a flying mount right away, you didn't you didn't get flying till like max level. So you're riding across the bridge from Blade's Edge into Netherstorm. Oh, I hated that bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but there's a moment where you see Netherstorm for the first time because the sky changes. The sky goes purple, and there's those, those uh, what are they called, monoforges?
1: Yes, so, the monoforges.
2: They're drawing the arcane energy down, and it looks like fountains of like light blue against the bright purple. And uh, the first time I saw it, I thought, we've gone full-on Star Wars. You know, we, we've straight up gone full on Star Wars. There's a floating, there's like, it looks, looks like a floating city over there. It turned out it was Tempest Keep, but it looks like a floating city way over there. There's these things, like the stuff coming down. There's that dome over there. This is full on space opera in the middle of like, you know, my fantasy RPG. And it was, the, the melange of influences and in WoW is so, so thick that at times you kind of like run into them. Like they, they kind of bump into each other even. Like, you know, I'm in a tower where a wizard with a pointy hat is telling me how I have to go out and stop robots from drawing magical energy into weird technical things. And and I'm saying going, okay. It's an interesting
0: mishmash. And I mean, I've always held that Warcraft, like the Warcraft lore itself is fairly cyclical. Like it, it it goes in, in a pattern. There's a pattern to it. There's a distinctive pattern to it. So, um, that pattern's been kind of busted up a little bit with the introduction of Chronicle, but I think I mean, I haven't gotten to the point I'm still I'm still dissecting this book. And I'm still picking it apart and putting it back together again and seeing where things fit. So
2: <laughs> I'm Honestly, probably gonna be at that for a while. For like the rest of the year, I'm gonna be at that. There's a certain fractal pattern that's that's available. Like if we look at it like if you look at the, the period of the establishment of the you know, the, the Arathor and you look at just that period of time that's a couple thousand years, yeah, uh, from the point where they get there to the point that they actually established their empire to the Troll Wars and all that, and it's very like if you look at that and you think, my, well, that's that's now, now looks like that, yeah, okay, and it's like it's like each period you look at is like a fractal. Like there's this big ten thousand ago, years ago period when the Sundering happens, and then a thousand years they have the the War of the Emerald, uh, what is it? The Satyrs are called War of the Satter of satyr with the you know the the lords of the emerald knife or whatever they're called emerald flame sorry those guys and then there's like you know the Encourage war which was a thousand years ago that one's like really recent
0: it is it's that a lot one. more recent than you'd think and and this is again this is all stuff that we have yet to get into but we will eventually over time here um so yeah i mean i guess i guess to answer your question brendan Yeah, there's plenty of real world influence in World of Warcraft story. And it's, you know, you could call a person, you could say this refers to one thing and it could be referring to something else completely. But I think that the devs very much when they're writing, they kind of like pull from various pieces of history because history is kind of fascinating in and of itself. So why not incorporate that into the game, you know, Um, let's go ahead and move on, though. We've got an email from Resurrecture, who's a warlock on Thrall US. And he says Aloha, watchers. I was reading Chronicle and I have a lore question. This is the best place for that. <laughs> <laughs> says, Warlocks get Void Walkers as one of our pets, but these seem more like Void entities than demons. Based on Chronicle, it doesn't seem like the Legion and the Void creatures get along too well. Is there an explanation outside of game mechanics, which I'm fine with, of why we would use a Void creature and not a more demonic creature as one of our pets? Any speculation? Love the show.
2: Well, I mean, Warlocks don't care. They'll pretty much tap into anything that gives them power. It's not like they're, you know, they're, they're not like, you know, oh, I wouldn't use a non-demon. No, they'll they'll make packs with things that will make packs with them. And the void creatures have things they want just as much as the demons have things they want. They I have are... a theory. Okay, go. I have a theory. The Burning Legion doesn't like the void.
0: The Burning Legion would like the void very much to go away. I like to think that the Void Walkers are basically bits of the void that they've managed to enslave themselves. And that's why they're punching bags. <laughs> like, you use this one as a meat shield. We don't like it very much anyway.
1: Maybe, maybe. or maybe it's, a, maybe it's an old hangover, because we don't know where the first warlocks of the universe existed. We, I mean, we could probably make an argument. That
2: we they... do know one thing, though. What's um, that? We know there is a kind of demon that loves it when void stuff goes crazy. That's Nathrazem. Because when Sargeras <laughs> found that, that titan that was completely infested with old gods... The Nathrezim had come to that planet, and they were digging it. They loved all the void energy spiraling around. They thought it was great. Well, And, and, and he, he questions them about it, and he basically tortures them until they tell him everything they know. It could be the Nathrezim are the ones who understand how to tap into void energy. Because they, they're they straight up on the world that he killed, the one that he destroyed, uh, the Nathrezim were there.
1: Well, and that makes a lot of sense. And I was gonna, I, I was gonna say, like, it could be either the Natherism, or the other option is it could have been something that uh, was during the tainting of Argus, right? Like, these are these insane, arcane, attuned race. That I mean, the void's not too far away. I mean, well, that, plus, I mean, we look at
2: the the modern Drenai. The Draenei learned everything from the Naru, who they reached through a crystal that was on Argus back before Sargeras. That crystal was ancient even when Sargeras showed up and made his offer to the, Drano- the uh, Eredar. They had the crystal that allowed them to contact the Naru and they'd had it for a very long time. So long that their entire civilization was predated by this thing. They were like, yeah, that thing's ancient. We don't know where it came from. <laughs> well, I mean, so the... Here's, here's the thing. If they could contact Naru through that crystal, um, well, we've seen the Naru's dark form looks like a jumped-up Voidwalker. What is, we, we don't know what a baby Naru looks like. We don't know if there's not like floating blobs of glowing stuff that's like a little Naru. And for that's that matter, fair. what's his name? Khadgar summons an, an elemental spirit that is like a off pink Voidwalker.
1: Yeah, the Bean of Light, the light walker type deal. Yeah,
2: so for all we know, there's a whole bunch of light things out there that one could summon and make packs with that just nobody does. And for that matter, didn't Paladins used to be able to summon like a, a weird glowing dude who would follow them around? Yeah. The angry like, Man. The, uh, yeah. The,
1: the the king thing, yeah. The guardian but, of ancient kings. The Guardian of Ancient Kings, yeah. But well my my theory was based on the fact that Arcane sits directly next to the void in the cosmology. Like it's its direct neighbors. So like if you have a magic user, a, a person who's been, you know, Tapping into the arcane for so long, it's not outside the realm of possibilities to be really like, you know, I kind of got this on my periphery. What is this? Ooh, that's really powerful. Let me see if I can channel into that. Ooh, oh yeah, yeah, I can. I'm just gonna take this little piece of it over here. Like, it's it's not outside the realm of possibilities if you want to think about it just in terms of like elemental. Okay, it's gonna sound weird, but I think of it kind of like a color wheel where there's like. Everything has those complementary colors and those 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 things that are like the tertiaries and everything that are right next to it. And this seems kind of like that where because like light and life are right next to each other, those two can seem to kinda easily intermesh. And we see that, right? We see a lot of that where light restores life. Okay, that makes sense. But what if Arcane can impose the order of its will upon the void, which sits right next door to it? And to be perfectly fair, the void entities I, I don't think would care so much because they're like, we want to go to that plane anyway and, and exert some form of influence. Go take these, this lesser portion of us. We'll use it as a gateway later type deal where it's like, okay,
0: Ooh, that's creepy.
1: Yeah. Where it's like, okay, you can have our little blueberries. They're going to go run around for you, but we can see everything they see and hear everything they hear. And Oh, by the way, uh, we're just going to have them open up this giant dimensional portal. We'll send more influence through. Like, there's so many more possibilities for it because we, we don't know. Do you guys remember Dementius? Yes. Yeah. Didn't Dementius do that to
2: uh, Zoro What was the name of the planet? Not Zoroth. Koresh. Yep. Yeah.
1: He sure did.
2: The ethereal homeworld. And uh, the ethereals were so destroyed by arcane power during that. It was arcane power they were destroyed by, not void energy, that they became basically energy in rags. The modern ethereal, outside of their rags, don't ethereals basically look kind of like
1: giant elementals? energy blobs? Yeah, they're elementals. It's
2: just an
0: energy blob thing. Yeah, the whole reason that they have the wraps is to give them some semblance of a corporeal form. I tell you, I just let I me think about this now. Ooh. Okay. That's that's food for thought. Thank you very much for the question. Um, we've got some others here, so I think we can hit like a couple more before we out of time here. Uh, First one is from Vesuvius. He says, Hello, Watchers. I got Warcraft Chronicles and have a bit of a tinfoil hat question regarding it. We like those, too. The book explains thoroughly how removing Yashiraj injured Azeroth's world soul, but it doesn't mention anything about how the Sundering affected it. Furthermore, the world soul isn't mentioned much after the Sundering. My question is, do you think the Sundering killed off Azeroth's nascent world soul? Thank you for your time and looking forward to your thoughts, Vesuvius.
2: I don't think so because had that been the case I don't think that the well could have continued to empower anything and we it's it did obviously we have a new well right now but that's I don't that's the
0: thing is is that yeah. well of eternity that's that was basically the essence of that world soul or you know blood of that world soul for want of a better that's kind of gross we've been like drinking and bathing in dying blood <laughs> No wonder we're powerful. But yeah, it's I I think I I don't think that it killed it off because yeah, if it had killed it off, then you wouldn't have, you know, the harvests in Pandaria wouldn't be huge. You wouldn't have the sun well, you wouldn't have a second well of eternity. The maelstrom wouldn't be going
2: the way it is. Yeah, because that's actually the implosion of the powers being channeled into that portal.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although I do have a theory on that, actually, and it's based off of... uh, Give it to us. It's based off of some stuff that I'm seeing in Legion now that I'm actually, you know, in the Alpha and playing. Um, So, and this is going to be slightly spoilerific.
0: Uh, Yeah, don't go too spoiler. Don't go too spoiler, but... um...
1: One One of the first things you do in the Shaman campaign is you beseech not the elements, but the elemental lords. Like, the first one you recruit is Neptalon. You recruit him. He's a lot easier to deal with. So what if the Sundering way, 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 way back when slowed the growth of the world soul, not killed it, but slowed it and its consumption of spirit and are starting to make these things that are normally violent and normally won't work together sort of a little more easier to deal with like they are on other planets.
2: You and I have to talk as soon as this show is over, by the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for that. but it's 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 one of those things where like I've, I've, I've been thinking about that since I first saw that I'm like, wait a minute he's not trying to kill me why isn't he trying to kill me?
2: Then again though Nepsilon never really was that aggressive anytime we've ever no. run into
1: him but he uh, but it's the things he says in it that makes me wonder and I don't. I won't go into it into too de- too much detail because I don't want to ruin it too much but there's some very very interesting dialogue choices for him as he's chilling in the maelstrom talking to you of like wait a minute, does this mean I'm going to be... Re- oh God, it does. And it, like, it, it, you start to think, what if they're not so insane? What if they've got a little semblance of self that they never had before because the consumption of spirit in the world has slowed, not stopped, but slowed. Because since the Sundering, the World soul has been recovering. Not dead, not, not, but not fully alive. Like, If not for the Sundering, the egg probably would have cracked well before now. But that entire event slowed that down, which allowed us to become heroes, which allowed the elements to sort of be brought into reign, which allowed for a lot of other things to actually occur for present-day Azeroth.
0: So are you saying that, in effect, the Sundering actually strengthened Azeroth more than weakened it?
1: Strengthened Azeroth as a whole than weakened it, yes. That's my theory.
2: What do you think, Rossi? I don't really know, because one of the things I've always wondered... um, and I, I'm going to definitely come back to him on that one. Uh, one of the things I've always wondered is, like, what happens now that we've... We know that there are the six elements, essentially. There's the four classical hermetic ones of fire, earth, air, and water. Then we have uh, spirit and decay. And the world soul was tapping spirit really hard, so it, so Azeroth lacked a lot of it. And thus the elements were in constant violent conflict. Um, for starters, what happened to decay? Like, was decay just doing great? Was Azeroth in a state of continuous decay? Like, I don't know. That's something I, I, we'd, I'd like to hear discussed. But in terms of whether or not the world soul... I just don't think the planet would be doing as well. Like, one of the things I've always wondered is what happens to planets that world souls never make it? I, I have this really weird theory about Draenor. Uh, and I've had it ever since we got to Draenor and saw the Breakers and the... with the Breakers and the Primals? Breakers and Primals, yep. Constantly fighting. And I feel like... That feels to me like a planet that that A didn't get systems to control it, and B, uh, I was talking to Anne about this one point, and, and she said something that made me think. It was like you know, this feels like the, these these things have been fighting for nothing. Like this, it, it's like systems that were set up and are long since no longer useful. And I thought they've been abandoned. What if what the Titans obviously don't stay in their planets. They don't. You know, Amon Thule wasn't just a big planet floating around the universe. He, like, oh, left. I
1: see where you're going. Okay.
2: And so, what happens to a planet where the World Soul leaves? Does the planet continue on? Like, does it die? Does it continue on? Does does life continue to ferment on it? So does life go wild.
0: Are, are you are you suggesting, Rossi, Are you suggesting that one of the Titans actually came from Draenor?
2: That it was Draenor, and that it left. Like and one of the was Pantheon a, was actually Draenor. A specific one, one mm. that was relatively violent. because yeah i I do i I felt it Uh, yeah because the breakers and the primals that's that's violent i got goosebumps just now (laughs) what if that's why orcs are the way they are why if that's you know the reason that the planet is savage that it is primal and and combative is because it's that titan or the remains of that titan like the processes that made it up
0: it's just part of their nature.
2: Yeah, and point. that's that's why they that's why they're such useful servants, for lack of a better word. That's but, so creepy. But but if it, like you see what I'm saying though, like if if the world soul isn't there, does the planet continue? Could Azeroth even be here right now? But I'm
0: wondering, though, yeah. with Draenor in particular, there are Titan artifacts on All that over the place. world.
2: All so, over.
0: I mean, obviously the Titans were there trying to cultivate something
2: at some point. We so either. We know did that. Huh? We know Amonthul did that. Amonthul is yeah, so... responsible for each of the Titans. That right.
0: So on. either A it's a world soul that hatched or B it's a world that ended up because it did, they did say that, you know, they went, they seeded a bunch of different worlds and some of them didn't even have world souls in them. It just, it took a while to figure it out. So either Draenor was empty or it had something in it, which has since left the building. Mm -hmm. And
2: did it like leave? Did it die? You know, if a planet has a world soul, like if some planets, you can obviously have planets that never even have a world soul and those planets have life or had life. At least, you know, we don't know if they've since been legionized, but there's that like that's the question with Azeroth. Could Azeroth continue without its world soul? I mean, I could believe... we all be here? Would we be here right now talking if the world soul was dead? Would we die too? Or would we just continue on? Would we be the remainder?
1: Like, you so, know, it's I believe that the answer to that is is yes, just because I mean, like you said, the worlds that never had a world soul to begin with, they're just fine. But I mean, the thing that makes me feel like we still have the World Soul too, on top of that is because it's such a point of focus for Sargeras and the Legion, right? Like it's, They it's, wouldn't
2: be fighting so yeah. hard to get Azeroth if it wasn't still there. Well, plus, I, I honestly do think that, for that matter, putting the water from the original Well of Eternity, I don't think it would do anything if the World Soul were gone.
1: That too, yeah, I, I agree with that statement. And if the
2: World just... Soul wasn't there, then what would the point be? Because we know that the stuff in, in Pandaria isn't from the Well of Eternity. So let's just, let's just kind of like move
0: forward in time here and, and think about this. If at some point we do manage to heal Azeroth, like do what Wrathion said in his strange little vision after snacking on Thunder God Heart, where he said, you know, we must rebuild the final Titan. If we rebuild that Titan
2: and that world soul leaves the building, where does that leave us? I don't know. I mean, it feels like it feels like the successful nurturing of a world soul wouldn't destroy the planet. It would it would be like a moment of transcendence, and we'd all like be part of it in a way. But, <laughs> like choosing the synthesis ending at the end of Mass Effect. <laughs> no, that that was terrible. That was so angry making to me. But, I know, <laughs> but uh, it, it just it, it feels like it would be like an achievement, like in a way, like it would be us all pulling together. But I don't know. It's like the problem with this whole concept is maybe it's it's too vast a scale for us to really even think about. Like you know, my my first character in World of Warcraft was was a human warrior named Marketh, and he grew up on outside of Lordaeron, and he was from a farm. Actually, he's from the farm that that undead used to go to, like right like when you were like leveling outside of Brill, they they send you to a farm, and he was from that. That was where he was from, and that's you know we're playing the game, and I was into RP, so. I can just imagine him sitting there like all these levels later trying to wrap his head around the concept that the world might be alive and might wake up someday. And he'd be like, no, uh, I'm just going to go hit things with my sword. this is this is a little much. I I used to like when I was a kid, I would like feed the horses cob apples. Are you telling me that that was part of some process that's going to make a giant thing come out someday? I don't I don't even know what to say to this. It's like these are. I have a feeling are... like even Cadgar
0: would be a little bit taken aback, and I mean Cadgar knows a lot, but I have a feeling that were he to know the true scope of what just what was going on there, he would take a step back and go, "Whoa, hold on, this is like they didn't they didn't teach me enough in the Kiran Tor to actually handle this yeah, information."
2: It is it is a lot to take in.
0: That's pretty fascinating. Okay. Um. We have one more email here, and it has a bunch of really quick questions that are basically asking for, like, feedback, so we'll make the answers pretty quick, but this is from Detail Bear. He says, Hi, Watchers, Mainless Altaholic on Fenris and Proudmorn, and Proud Patron. I've started reading Chronicle Volume 1, and I've noticed a few interesting things in my reading. I wonder if you might want to comment on any of them. One, Number one, intact old Calumdor is described as Azeroth's quote-unquote largest continent. What do you guys have to say about that?
1: I feel like Joe? we talked about that before, right? Like, we, we just have the world we know. And to me, it's kind of like the the old school hear-me monsters on maps, right? Like, we only know what we've charted so far. And we've been so focused in the lifetime of our characters, of what's going on in our immediate vicinity, that we haven't really explored elsewhere. We really haven't had a time of, of relative long peace to go do so.
0: We didn't go looking for the Wandering Isle. Yeah, it just we sort didn't.
1: of showed up. Right. It, it just kind of happened. And, like, there were stories of this place existing. You know, there were, there were tales of it, but we just didn't. We didn't have time. So think about for- it
2: this way, too. Like, if you think, like, go, if you go back to Warcraft 1, the entire world is Azeroth and what's around it. And by Azeroth, I mean the kingdom of Azeroth, because that's what it was called. And its capital, Stonewind, and, like, a few places in the area around it, like the Dark Portal and Medivh's Tower and stuff like that. It wasn't even called Karazhan.
0: And it wasn't, you know, the Eastern kingdoms. It nope. was just this little kingdom called yeah. Azeroth. That was and it. And that then was the whole
2: world. And then in the second game, it broadened out to the part where you knew about Lordaeron and you knew about like most it of the Eastern. It expanded a little further. Yeah. So, but keep in mind that was their entire world. If you were a human from like those kingdoms, that would be it. That's all you knew about.
1: Going back to the time of Genghis Khan and, and other and other, you know, real world real world uh, war leaders or, or, or that nature. They conquered the known world, which was like, you know, parts of continent.
2: maybe. Yeah, because, you know, that, that's just what they knew. That is as far as they'd ever gone or anyone they'd ever heard of it had ever gone. Um, and, and keep in mind, it was always bigger than we think. Like, you know, the Genghis Khan knew about Europe. Um, the ancient Greeks knew that, that Asia existed over that way. Uh, They didn't, they'd never been there and they never contacted, you know, they'd contacted people. But they were aware of its presence. Stuff is over there. I know it's there. There's more Africa down there. I know it's there, but we've never been there. In this case, though, Kalimdor was completely unknown to them, like, and to the point where they couldn't go there if they wanted to, because it was like, it was actually protected by the Night Elves. They had put a magic up to keep you out. And it wasn't until Warcraft 3 that that started breaking down because the Legion was coming back. Well, and the legion wanted to go over there because that's where the world tree was.
1: It <laughs> so. in game too. Like Lost Isles is another great example of that. We knew it existed from the RTS games. We knew that those were a thing. And there's there's in game books that you can find that you can read, and they're they talk about Kazan that talk and about the Kazan and, and all that area. Yeah. So and, and it didn't show up t- until our map until now because we didn't care about it, so to speak. We it didn't, didn't matter yeah, in the long matter.
0: run. <laughs> there was nothing on it that really...
1: Like, we've been to the Tomb of Sargeras before, technically. Like, we've been there.
0: But like, it didn't show up on our map but because... But it didn't
1: show up on our map because it wasn't important.
0: It wasn't important to be there. So it's kind of a combination, I guess, of lore and also just a matter of how relevant is it to the game that we're playing at this particular point in time. Yeah. When it's relevant to the game, it'll be added to the map. So are there other continents out there? Yeah, but they're probably pretty dinky and they're probably
2: just islands out there floating away a, with nothing wrote, really important on it. I wrote a KYL once where I made a point that if we assume Azeroth is the same size of Earth, which is an assumption. We don't know that that's the case. But if we assume Azeroth is the same size of Earth as Earth and we assume the ancient calendar is the size of Europe and Asia combined and that's again another big assumption we don't know that either that would mean that there's enough land left over if it if it had the same dimensions of land to water as earth there's like 1.5 times as much land left over that we haven't even seen yet just because it hasn't been relevant yeah just because but it could it could all be there or it could have more water than earth or it could be a different size than earth this is we don't know any of this and Nobody of course you know when said, the sundering you know,
0: happened that affected everything too so maybe those larger continents are just underwater now
2: one assumes that at least some tidal waves happened when the middle of the biggest continent of the world collapsed yeah there was probably at least something i mean you know People, here's some the thing. kind of shift <laughs> for, from real life the when the when the volcano Krakatoa erupted in the 18th you know the the 19th century uh it darkened skies around the world for days. People who had no idea Krakatoa existed were like having red sunsets that they'd never seen before and clouds in the sky. That's the kind of thing that happens on earth that's actually happened multiple times. there's been stuff you know stuff has happened that's affected people like thousands of miles away and they didn't even know what had happened. When the sundering happened, I'm if there was people anywhere on that planet, they noticed that, the, you know, the water level would have changed because the middle of that continent collapsed and water filled it. in. so it's possible that other places got bigger yep, because we, now we haven't no, seen them yet. Yeah, just no idea.
0: In the denizens of the cosmos, there are very few Titans, a few wild gods per planet, a few Naru, but many, many in the Burning Legion, the undead, and the old gods. Is that an outgrowth of the nature of the negative forces, belief that a a myriad low-level entities is better than a few very powerful entities? Is it an effect of entropy on forces, or is it just gameplay giving heroes endless foes to fight?
2: Why is there so many
0: more bad guys than there are good things?
2: we don't actually know how many wild gods mm-hmm. there are in other worlds, or even if other worlds have them. And um, we don't, we don't, know don't really know either. Yeah.
0: with the Naru, mm-hmm. the Naru could be legion and
2: we just don't know about it. We have and, yeah. no idea. Yeah, the, we... the, the fact that it's few Titans that's established, but then again, the, the burning Legion wouldn't be the threat it is without a Titan at its head. Yeah. I mean, they'd be demons. Keep in mind that they're demons from another reality,
0: but they but, wouldn't be an organized force.
2: Yeah, and they wouldn't be coming here. They'd be in there. They they would some because they like to come here and do bad things to us. But they'd be in that other dimension that they live. They'd be in the Twisting Nether, and it's Sargeras's influence that allows them to come through in such vast numbers to to swarm over planets.
1: Well, not only that, the, the, there's so many demons because at its most basic level, it's a corruption of natural life, right? Like look at look at how many of our you know. Uh, God, why can't I think of him how many of our Drenai friends uh want becoming Eridar uh, on the planet of Argus like they're demons they are demons now they are not they're not Draenei, they're demon How many of those other life forms have been corrupted and and mutated by just going over and succumbing to absorbed yeah becoming part of the legion as opposed to facing oblivion so like that that also is a factor in it if I go and pick up an entire race from a planet and say you are all doing my bidding now and that swells my numbers you yeah know, that's, that's going to happen there's
2: actually a, one of the demon hunter um one of the artifacts that they get they get two because there's only two specs mm-hmm. uh one of them is basically the war blades of a race that sargeras went to and said join the legion and they said no and they fought to the death
1: um the minari
2: no way before them this is a completely different race they thing called the archek warblades i have to actually look at yeah. what they there okay yeah 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 they're the archek were basically sargus went to them and said join the legion he may have gone to them before the Monterey, for all i know and uh, they were like no and they fought him he killed their champion he, which means he fought their champion i want you to put that in perspective here they had a champion who was strong enough that a titan went toe to toe with him you know they were not they were not a race of pushovers
0: they weren't weak
2: yeah this is not a not race... even in the least this is a race that could stand against the Titan and, and have mm-hmm. a shot. I mean, Sargeras killed the guy, but Sargoras fought the guy. He didn't send other people to do it. He did it himself. Um, so we don't know how many times that's happened. We don't know how many... Like, for instance, the Annihilon, the uh, the Pit Lords, the Annihilon joined up wholeheartedly. They were like, yeah, we love crushing stuff. We're totally down with it. How many races like them did he approach? And they were like, no, we'll fight you.
0: Anyway, I think it's just a matter of... Yeah. we don't have exact numbers we know more about the burning legions numbers just because we've actually encountered
2: it quite a bit and the old gods the old gods tend to to make new stuff yeah and, and sorry no i was probably gonna say go, you go.
0: I, I was gonna say we should probably move on to the next question here because we are running a little bit low on time <laughs> So uh number 3 on his list of stuff. I can see force element combinations like fell fire, holy fire, holy water, etc as various spells, beings or materials. I can't think of something that represents fell air or necromantic air though. I'm very casual so are there spells, settings, beings, etc that would represent those combinations that I just don't know about? Um necromantic air, I think I'd call that the plague. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because it was airborne, yeah.
0: Kinda, I guess, if you want to kind of call it that. I there there isn't like, I don't think that just because there's fell fire, it doesn't mean that there needs to be fell air, fell water, fell you know, earth that kind of thing.
2: My fell dirt.
0: (laughs) I am fell Captain Planet. No, I don't think.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Captain
2: Planet, he's quite evil.
0: That's what Sargeras is.
1: There was an evil Captain Planet born of that, too. So. I know, right? It was uh, like the
0: pollution guy, wasn't he? <laughs> but yeah, I
1: don't think that there needs to be any kind of
0: like a direct correlation or anything. I think the the pieces that exist there are, are pretty much there for like gameplay purposes, really. Because yeah,
2: It would be boring if they didn't have like fire,
0: Yeah, fire is just... kind of fun and cool. And holy water is interesting. It's one of those things that's, again, taken from real life concepts and things like that and incorporated into the game. Uh, last question. I think we talked about this a little bit already, but um, we'll we'll address it anyway. He says, why is the void the only one with lords, something between the magic type and the denizens? Or do you think we'll see holy lords or nature lords in the future?
2: Well, I, I, again, wild gods would work for nature lords. Yeah. And not everything I mean, things don't have to have a one for one correlation. That being said, I do find myself wondering if there are Light Lords that things that transcend the Naru. Joe, what or- do you
0: think?
1: So I I think that it's more just an application of naming scheme for that particular type of entity than anything else. Like like Rusty said, there could be light lords, but the idea of lording over something, so to speak, is like like it is the most powerful thing that's directing everything else around it. So I think it's more just a function of the fact that we, we think that the void is sort of I, I don't wanna say evil, but for everything we've seen from it, it's just a dark entity. So we think that anything that serves it is you know, probably serving under something that's in a subservient manner, so to speak. Do you At guys
0: think that the Naru could be considered light lords because they do kind of like
2: I, I don't know. I find myself wondering if the Naru are just the least like that's all we can understand of them is this little crystalline thing. That it's much bigger than us, but you know what I'm saying? But it like, talks. So you Yeah, know. that could be that could be the Light's version of the I honestly feel like the Naru are more like the lights version of the old gods. Like, if there's some, like, presence out there that throws the naru into our reality to help and do good things. I'm inclined to think that way, too. And the cost of entering our reality for them is the dark light cycle. Like, they have to go through that because there's no other way they could exist since they're beings of pure light. But I don't know. That's also
0: a really interesting theory. Thank you, Detail Bear, for the questions. Um, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for now. But... I would say this was a fairly successful episode. We managed to get through quite a few of these. There are more, and we will address them in the future. So if you do have any questions for Lore Watch, please be sure to email us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com. And just in the subject line, mention Lore Watch, and that's way we'll know that it's intended for the show. Uh, As for the show, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ad-free site experience. And on top of all of that, for you guys listeners of Blizzard Watch, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service and you can download any of those titles at blizzardwatch.com slash audible i do know that audible has like a pretty good selection of blizzard books available on their site chronicle is not one of those books but i don't i don't know how they do a successful audiobook of chronicle it'd be like somebody reading a history book aloud i don't know
2: what do you guys think
1: if it was john cleese reading it out loud i'd be happy (laughs)
2: <laughs> mm. See, I was actually thinking there's certain actors and actresses I think could do a really good job with it, but yeah? I mean, um, Helen Mirren. Have you ever like?
0: Oh yes. yeah.
2: Helen Mirren could do a really good job with it. Um, uh, Judy Dench I think would also be one I'd be willing to listen to. Basically, like you know, English actresses. I'm saying, uh, Gillian Anderson, sure why not? But <laughs> she's not really English, but she's kind of English. She was raised there. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know how you do that as an audio book, but I mean, you know.
0: Most of pay, the books, pay me
2: enough and I'll read it to you.
0: Yeah. Most of the <laughs> books that are available on Audible are the more recent novels. So if you haven't picked up War Crimes or I think Vulgin Shadows of the Horde is on there. I know Tides of War is on there. Who's um, reading the
2: Vulgin book?
0: I don't know. I didn't look into it that closely. But I know that it's available on the website. So, yeah, if you want a free audiobook, go ahead and sign up at BlizzardWatch.com slash Audible and you'll be helping us out, too. That's about it for the show. So, final thoughts, you guys, Rossi? Uh,
2: I definitely think there's a ton of stuff I I I want to know that I'm hoping Legion gives us some details have, on. Have
0: Have the questions today actually helped foster any kind of tinfoil hat theories? Do you think?
2: Honestly, I mean, the one that I keeps coming back to is the idea that the there's more going on between light and sh- and void than we than we're being told. The yeah. The light, and shadow. That that there's a train there's like a tunnel between them or something
0: that's that's one that i've been kind of like poking at for a while now but i do have some more insight now thank you to people who have been asking questions joe final
1: thoughts uh for those of you that were concerned that chronicle was going to uh lead to no more tinfoil hats or questions (laughs) uh, i hope this episode helped to uh, assuage that fear uh and for all of those that you've been sending questions thank you very much make sure that you keep sending them in Uh, I don't know, I'm sure I speak for everybody when I say it's wonderful fun to be able to get your guys' takes on stuff and to be able to provide you with our insight on it. I absolutely love doing
0: that and it gets the wheels turning i know for myself i've got like several different interesting things to think about now as a result of the questions today so next time we're going to probably talk more chronicle i think we'll probably get into tier and the progression of humanity in general or we might just dive into troll lore and start talking about the zandalar because that's always kind of fun that's it for the show and thank you very much for listening guys we will see you in two weeks